Parky, we've recently broken the 4,000 mark in terms of COVID-19 infections. In your opinion, were we late with MCO 2.0, which is why the numbers of infections are rising tremendously day by day? Okay, let's go back to a little bit of history on the figures. December 5th last year, that was the time, despite having recorded more than 1,000 cases, that was after one month of recording four-figure digits mm. daily, and there were hundred more than 100 deaths during the same period. Two days later, Malaysia allowed interstate travel, which was not uh, allowed without permission until then. And uh, that became like a free-for-all, you know, it led to the year-end holiday makers, yeah. December, and everybody yeah. was starved of holidays. They were not going anywhere. So they just let loose. It converged in, you know, Langkawi. When you saw the pictures, it was scary. So when that happened, and together with the year-end weddings and other family events that took place, and that's when everything became worse. And the numbers never stopped coming down since then. Basically, they were late. Yeah. They were more concerned of livelihood than lives, I would say. And then the health ministry was left with no choice. They recommended a few things to the government, but the government decided not to because they were more concerned of the tourism and, uh, and hotel sector. Yeah. They were really reeling. They were down, jobs were lost. So the government, I think, gave priority to economic activities. So going back to what you're saying about sort of it being um, about the economy, uh, what does this mean now with the numbers breaking the 4,000 mark? I think there's a balance that they're not trying to focus on. Last month, the World Bank projected that Malaysia is going to be like experiencing a growth of more than 6% this year, 2021. But that was when the numbers were hovering around a few hundreds or even less than 100. But now I think they have to revise the whole figures because of this huge spike, especially for the last three weeks. And the projected figures are not going to be good. Uh, I mean, like the DG says, it's going to hit 5,000 in March, 8,000 in May, but we're not sure. But these are projections. Even these 1,000, 2,000 projections were there. And I thought it might not happen, but it has happened. So let's be ready. Uh, unemployment, official unemployment figures has reached a million. And don't forget, this does not include people who have lost their jobs and who are doing all kind of other odd jobs, self-employed uh, people, they, they, you know, pilots selling nasi lama. You know, these are, this is huge and it's growing. Uh, and then we hear of major firms relocating to Indonesia, Vietnam. Uh, this is not because of the COVID, this is because of the political trouble, climate. So people are moving out. So to be honest, we must admit our setbacks and let's have the real fears of our economy not functioning well. Still on COVID-19 numbers here in Malaysia in a time when the pandemic in Malaysia is at an all-time high. Smack in the middle of MCO. What on earth was the purpose of having a frozen chicken giveaway? Okay, uh, I just want to calm down and I want to give <laughs> the, the organizers a little bit of benefit of the doubt. You know, I think they might have been organized much earlier, probably during the recovery MCO. And then it, the, the CMCO was declared a month ago. And then they thought they could go ahead, CMCO, which I think they were foolish. Then the MCO came in and they still you know, did not stop it. They should have actually decided that they should deliver it house to house. Hmm. I mean, if they really wanted to give out, if the intention is to, to help people.
All right, so they have been fined for not following the COVID-19 SOPs. What are your thoughts on the action taken by the authorities against the organizer and how much actually were they fined? Do we know? Right, okay, I think they must have been compounded a maximum of 1,000, I think. Really? Yeah, okay. I think so. Oh, I'm sure. not sure. Yeah. Let me break into some pun and describe this. I think what they will find is chicken feet. <laughs> <laughs> when they should have been roasted. <laughs> <laughs> For this bird brain idea. <laughs> <laughs> on a roll, okay. Parky, my friend. On a roll. Parky is like, oh. the one he saw this, he's like, I have all these ready to rip. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. I think they not only violated, they lied, you know, this should be more serious action than a mere slap on the wrist. Okay, on to a bit more sober conversation and matters. Investments in Malaysia are apparently unaffected by the state of emergency declaration, according to Azmin. But a recent FB post by the Minister of Finance had less than stellar replies from the foreign business community here in Malaysia. What are your thoughts on this, Parky? I think you're referring to the uh, Malaysian American Chamber of Commerce, MCHAM, tweet, right? Yeah. In response to the finance minister. And also, I think, I think the they, European Chamber of Commerce also had a reply as well. Yes, yeah. they were coming out. Yeah. See, but this, they were blunt because they know Malaysian leaders are fond of saying nice things when things are not that rosy. This is the old style of Malaysian politics, which has hardly changed. They say things that do not reflect the actual situation on the ground. And uh, for example, we know things are not as rosy as what Azmin is saying. What did Azmin say? He cited the example of the Greek parliamentary constituency and the Bugaya state constituency in Sabah that were emergency declared for that area to stop the by-elections. Now, is there an example here? We talk, I mean, what, what kind of activities do they have in, in Bugaya and Greek? Probably they might contribute 0.0005% of the national GDP. I mean, that's, that's a very bad example to cite. This is a national emergency that affects the whole country. And this is where the eyes, foreign eyes, investors will be watching. He says investors are more confident of Malaysia's success by responsibly dealing with the COVID-19 outbreak after the implementation of the emergency. Hey, hello, this is just for the past three days. You're, you're talking of six to seven months of emergency. That's when the effect will take place. You can't judge the success of this emergency within three days. That's absolutely wrong. And that's very typical of Malaysian leaders to, to say things that only helps them with the local issues like elections. I mean, they want to please the people, not the investors. But investors are not stupid. Two different, very yeah. different audiences, basically. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Okay, so what should Malaysia be focusing on to increase the interest in foreign companies investing in us? Like, which sectors? It's quite a difficult question right now. I mean, you're talking of the manufacturing sector, which is our huge revenue, besides the commodity exports and all. You want to have manufacturing, you need to have manufacturing, but we have issues with the workforce. We depend on foreign workers. So I think the manufacturing sector should expand, uh, bring in investments with sectors that are automated and uh, digitalized because that's where we don't need manpower because we are in the process of actually cutting down on the uh, foreign workforce, which is numbering around probably 5 million. That's huge. We can't go on because Malaysians are out of jobs. There are 500,000 Malaysians entering the market, job market annually. Uh, we have seventy uh, percent of them are non non graduates, non uh, skilled workers. Yeah, that's a bad situation. So I think manufacturing is huge, but they have to focus on the uh, venture capitalists, right? Bringing people mm-hmm. to to fund the local uh, investments, startup ventures. You know, that's I'm not, I'm not very good in these areas, but I think that's where the future is.
A 16-year-old girl arrested at the Marie police station, Sarawak, during a gambling raid was raped. History Pato, who wrote the article, is here. When you heard about the girl being raped uh, while in police custody, what were your initial thoughts? I think just the same as what every Malaysian must have felt, you know, utter shock and disbelief. But then when I read it, I thought it was, was it old news that was, was being shared again? Or, but when I looked at the date, I realised, gosh, it's this year. It's And it was just nine days into the new year, so it was shocking actually to me it was like uh, horrendous this is something that uh, we knew had happened in the past but for it to happen now and uh, for seven days everyone was quiet this is not merely about last sexism or abuse of power i think this is just a microcosm of a larger problem that the nation is facing that is the abuse of power that goes on uh, unabated and a culture of how we treat vulnerable people i mean this poor girl was very vulnerable she was caught they apparently charged that detaining who raped her, which I think uh, they're making him a fall guy here, seriously. Why Kasturi, what do you think of that? Will there be a proper investigation of what mm. really, really happened here? Well, time will only tell. We have seen many cases of uh, misconduct and abuse by power, whether it's within the walls of the lockup or within the police station itself. And we find that many times that either the case drags on, the investigation drags on, people tend to forget about it. It's not hot news anymore. And uh, or there's lack of evidence and many times officers are let off with just a slap on the wrist. You know, it's akin of like asking if your house was, was robbed, you know, you, then you reach out to the gang that robbed your house to conduct an investigation if it is one of their men who robbed your house. You mm-hmm. know? And that's exactly what is happening. My fear is that it's what uh, Mr. Parker had pointed out. There could be a scapegoat here, but, but then the devil is in the details. You know, how did this inmate get access to this young girl who was in the police lockup? Were there no CCTVs in the lockup? And and the reason why they normally put two officers on duty is because there's more accountability or check and balance. Mm. But if both of them have been uh, suspended because such a tragedy, a travesty has happened in the in the lockup, then I think we have you know more worms to be seen in when we as we open more cans. Parky, what, what do you think this will require MACC to get involved? Uh, I'm not sure because yesterday the IGP was very upset. He, he was kind of outraged. He said, uh, I must get these guys. These guys must be charged. But I just hope it's not just an initial outburst like like what YB said in the past. Their outburst, their anger. And then as time goes, everybody forgets. And I hope the IGP does not forget this this time. Very often, the, the perpetrators, you know, continue as they're protected by the authorities, intended or otherwise, you know. And I think this what YB said, this is only a tip of the iceberg. Scam, scam, scam. Another person falls victim to the Macau scam. Why are Malaysians so scammable? I think it's strange, you know, a lot of them are victims who are retired pensioners or, or those who have some money in their banks. Okay, so first, there is some information being leaked out. It can't be just everyone scamming and could be a case. People could be just scamming with all the information given to them and hoping that at least one out of ten will be successful. But the point is, I must say, one of the main reasons is Malaysians just love making easy money. That's a culture. Get rich quick. We used to have huge number of get-rich-quick schemes, which is a bit of under control now. Mm. They don't want to work hard for the money. 
those are the scammers. This, the, the scammies, the people were scammed. <laughs> scammers and scammies. <laughs> it's a thing, really? <laughs> yeah, right. Malaysians tend to fear authorities very much. You know why? Because we are fond of taking shortcuts while we criticize the authorities. You know, that's the trouble with Malaysians. Yeah. So the moment someone claims to be an officer from the Inland Revenue Board or the Customs or the police, Mm. This, you know, people get worried, you know, it sends the shiver down our spine, we worry, although we could be innocent, but mm. we tend to fear, that's a culture. Yeah. Uh, because generally everyone has uh, done something wrong in our lives. You know, there's also this perception at the same time that all Malaysian agencies are corrupt. We believe their claims and threats uh, because we fear that, uh, you know, they will take actions. The fear is so great that we don't even pause to think at times because I had one of my niece, she has nothing, she has not cheated the tax department. She's, she hasn't got a company. She had a call and they asked her, hey, you are the owner of this company and you're not paid your taxes. And she went into a panic and then she started conversation, uh, a conversation mm-hmm. with them instead of just hanging out. And then she said, I'll call you back. And they gave her a number and she called that number. It happened to be a police number. Then she put down, then she calls me. Then I told her, Wait, do you have a company? No. Have you cheated the income tax? No. I said, what's that a fear? Just hang out. You know, that's all we it's should do. It's a knee-jerk reaction most of the time yeah. from Malaysians, right? And, and why, no, knee-jerk, but why is the fear? Yeah. Why, why are they fearing? So it's a culture everywhere. Okay, so in that case, in your opinion, what could be done or should be done to ensure that Malaysians are safe, whether it, in terms of things put in place for them or also uh, education for them? I believe the current uh, verification processes done by the banks are fairly good. You know, sometimes you just take back your card and you get an SMS from the uh, credit card companies, mm. uh, the immediate SMS and the one-time OTP, withdrawal limits, they're all there. Mm. You know, the, the only thing is, the tactic is driving fear into us and rattling us and that kind of upsets your whole thinking and we start giving away money to the people.